Hello, and welcome to another Prem Lap. I'm Jason Hammond, and I'm here with Todd Norwood. So today we're going to talk about some of the research around the exogenous uh, supplementation of ketones and how that might influence your performance on the bike. And so I looked at a recent systematic review that was published uh, in March of 2020. So pretty, pretty up-to-date, pretty recent paper. And I'm not going to disappoint you at the onset and tell you what their, their findings were, but maybe it's good. I don't know. It depends on how you look at the world, uh, whether it's good for your performance or good for your wallet. Um, so I'll, I'll leave you with that and we'll talk about the data. So uh, one of the interesting things they looked at is there, there wasn't a huge number of studies that have been done. And there are kind of two types of outcomes that I looked at in different studies. So one was like power. So, you know, resistance, how much load could you uh, move? And then the other is looking at endurance performance. Uh, you know, both can be, can pertain to cycling, but endurance performance seems like the more logical one uh, that pertains to cycling. And there was a, a good amount of variability. Not all of the studies looked at cycling when they looked at endurance. There were some treadmill running studies in there, at least one. And there is a lot of variance among the tests that they used for cycling. So anywhere from a 10K time trial that was done on the bike, you know, cyclogometer in the lab, um, all the way up to a 31.2 kilometer. So this must be American and be 20 miles. Um, and then there was also a 30 minute uh, time trial for distance that they looked at. So there was a range of different things that we're looking at for cycling performance. Uh, it's not, wasn't like consistent across the board. It's a shame they didn't look at like a five hour road race or something. Uh, there was one like average power for two hours, but that's the closest they got to okay. like a longer. Um, that was only one of the studies. Uh, another one of the limitations in some of these studies is that the sample size ranged from eight to 15 participants. And um, the populations range anywhere from, you know, healthy adults to train cyclists to runners to elite level cyclists to runners. And so one of the, one of the studies that got everyone really excited was the one I mentioned with the 30 minute time trial. Uh, they actually used elite riders, small sample size. I believe that was one of the ones that was eight and they saw a 2% increase in distance covered in the 30 minutes. So it's small, but something. And you know, at the elite level, that's, you know, 2% can be a big deal. Right? If you go 2% further than your competitor the last 30 minutes of the race, it probably means you won. Um, yep. So, you know, that's, you know, meaningful, maybe, maybe not. So, you know, what they, what they came out and the other thing they said is there's across these studies are two types of um, ketone supplements that were used broadly. And so one's called a ketone ester. The other is called a ketone salt. That's way too much chemistry for me to go into and like some painful memories from from undergrad chemistry days. So I'm just going to avoid that altogether and just say there's different types of ketones that you can supplement with. And so that was one of the problems is you know, across the studies, there's a lot of heterogeneity. So it's hard to interpret. Some used ketone salts and looked at endurance. Some used ketone esters and looked at endurance. You know, so you can imagine this two by two table of, um, you know, what supplement did you use? And then what, you know, outcome did you look at? And then heap on top of that, you know, another dimension of, well, were you using elites? Were you using, you know, healthy individuals? Were you using trained individuals? And so there's a lot of, a lot of noise in trying to understand, well, does this thing make you better or not make you better, right? Even, even if every study said it makes you somewhat better, that would be pretty convincing, but you'd still have to tease out, well, which group do I fit into? 
right? And which one makes me more better? Right? And there's a follow-up study to compare the esters to the salts or something in elite athletes yeah. looking at. And you should know that um, some heterogeneity is actually good because if everyone just did one study over and over again and they found results, you may not be able to extrapolate it enough. But if you have too much heterogeneity, then you know you can't connect the dots either. Exactly. And so that was one of the critiques. Um, so, you know, unfortunately it, it wasn't the result that I said, oh, well, everything got better and we just had to figure out, you know, what specifically was going to make it better for you. Um, of the 16 studies I looked at, three had a positive result. Um, 10 were no change and three were negative results, actually reduced reduction in performance. Um, what they did note was in one of the ones that reduced performance, basically all the subjects had GI distress. Uh, and that what they hypothesized that was actually the limiting factor in that study. Uh, so just something something to take into account uh, with these things. Um, so you may conclude from what I've said, if you only have three out of thirteen studies that say it made it made you better, and there's a you know a, a variability in what you're measuring and what you're even supplementing with in your population, that's not really convincing evidence that this is the thing that you should be taking to improve your performance. And so um, their conclusion from this meta-analysis or systematic review was that there currently is insufficient evidence to recommend supplementation. And of course, as all good scientific papers should say, you know, further investigation is warranted. Um, and so they were saying like, well, we need to pin down some of these specifics uh, across population and testing and uh, what, what supplement we're using to have a better idea of, you know, what we're actually you know, trying to ascertain. I think when I think about the cycling applications, the difference between a 10K TT and a 30K TT and a, you know 30 minutes, th these things are all different. Um, and so it's, I, I think it'd be hard to say like, oh, like what type of cycling should you use it for? I don't know. Um, really short races, really long races, a short sprint at the end of a long race. So hard, hard to say. Uh, so maybe spare your wallet for now uh, until the researchers can do a little bit more work in the area of exogenous ketone supplementation and uh, maybe also spare your gut uh, for, for that matter. Yeah. And also remember that, uh, you know, combining a few different ergogenic aids doesn't give you the additive effect. There sort of, it starts to stale out as you do a few different things. So even it would be interesting to see if caffeine has an effect on the capacity of ketones, it probably blunts their effect. And any other thing, like if you use beet juice or something else like that, then suddenly it's even less likely to contribute to your overall performance. Yeah, exactly. There's a like a peak effect of ergogenic aids, right? And you can't you can't just add two percent and two percent and two percent and somehow come up with a ten percent increase in performance. Correct. And also I read one study that said that inter-event um, inter performance is like 0.9 for elite athletes, 0.9%. So you can expect a single athlete to do, if, if you were to give them a VO2 max test over and over again, the variability would be 0.9%. So for, it to on, for the elite athletes to only have a 2% increase, we're now talking 1.1% you know, over what could just be inter-event variability. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really hard to say that that's convincing evidence to drop probably a significant amount of money. I haven't checked how much ketones are, but I assume it's Yeah, it's I have I can't say that I've researched it either, but I think either way at this point, uh, pending more more studies. And I think the other interesting comment they made is so that 
that first day, the 2% increase in elites, um, they haven't been able to replicate those results mm. since, since then. So, you know, was that just, just the result of a small sample size or who, who knows? Um, so that's also interesting that you know, it's one thing to have that result, but then can that be replicated later with a larger study, a different population? Uh, that's also telling. Yep. So this is our pre-map. Uh, go ride your bike. <laughs>